All right, 236 days. Thank you, Scott Shannon. Till you, we, the American people, you are the ultimate jury. Write down our toll-free telephone number if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. It's 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, well, the idea, put politics aside, stop the partisanship, unify as one nation, one family. I guess we could rip that part of the speech to shreds. There is, we, we just, those of us that see it, and what I mean see it is those of us that see the blatant, flagrant, psychotic, rage, hypocrisy, and double standard that is the mob in the media, that is the entire radical democratic socialist party. It's just, it's hard to have to just accept it. But that's what it is. It, it, it is what it is. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, that Donald Trump can ever do that they will ever give him credit for or like or support. It does, it's just who they are at this point in time. You know, if you want to talk about it or look at this through a political prism, um, if you can't, if you can't rally around the killing of Soleimani is a good thing. And defeating the caliphate uh, is a, as a good thing. And then taking out Baghdadi and associates is a good thing. And taking out the Al-Qaeda leader in Yemen as a good thing. If you can't unite there, we've got big problems. If you can't unite and understand that any virus, any flu, any illness, any sickness, they're not, they don't discriminate. It's fine with a virus if they... If a, a Republican, a Democrat, liberal or conservative are impacted by it, if you can't. And obviously, based on the reactions from the mob, the media, the Democratic radicals, there is nothing Donald Trump's ever going to be able to do that's going to satisfy them. And they will they will like with Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine and Russia, 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 and you impeach, impeach, impeach. They will take on breathtaking double standards and rank hypocrisy at a level that you would think the human body is not and mind is not even capable of taking in, but they do. And they they outdo themselves every second, every minute, every hour of every day. I'll tell you one thing that no one will talk about. and We will today. Everything that this president, when he ran and he talked about China, every single every single warning, he talked about economic security, national security. Remember, he coined that term. And there was a great piece. Where did I see this today? The conservative treehouse. Also, another uh, great piece that was out today. Uh, on foxnews.com uh, uh, about about China and China and its impact and control of our economy. You know, when the president took office in 2017, met with labor unions, you know, manufacturers, et cetera, et cetera. Remember those jobs that weren't coming back that started coming back? You know, he never waited, wavered. They were corporations. They, they liked the cheap labor uh, that China, you know, was manufacturing our goods for us. And that was resulting in Americans losing their jobs. And the president warning over and over again, they got to reorient their supply chains because they become too dependent on China. I mean, China, in this particular case, they have done the world no favors by hiding and not sharing and not allowing outside help. And just they, they, they did their their worldly neighbors zero favors in all of this. And that discussion needs to be had. And now there's now they're pushing and expanding conspiracy theories that America created the virus. I told you that might be coming. It came. Uh, there is such dishonesty in the media mob. You know, I'll give you an example. We've been warning people every day. 
We have it up on Hannity.com right now. Warning people to take it seriously. We've been warning people to always take every virus seriously. I have dates. I have tape. It's all online at Hannity.com. And yet what the mob at the New York Times did, the same New York Times that lied repeatedly and went with one lie, conspiracy theory, hoax after another, Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine, impeach, impeach, all this. The same group of people are, you know, say, oh, Hannity quoted this guy that is friendly with the, the QAnon. I don't know anything about QAnon. I know nothing about it, except that occasionally people say, what do you know about QAnon? I say nothing. I know absolutely nothing. Well, they mentioned your name. I'm like, well, I don't know anything about it. Nothing. So there's an MIT guy on Twitter with a with a blue check that works in viruses. And I look at this tweet and I said, well, he's got an interesting theory. And although I didn't believe it, I said, oh, who knows? That was my reaction. Who knows? That that is the summation of the coverage of of what I've been telling people when the exact opposite is true. It's that's how deeply corrupt these people are. And, you know, they'll never give this president credit. They, you know, I will tell you if there's any honesty over time in history, the one act of this president of of literally putting that travel ban in effect. Timelines matter. I've been telling you World Health Organization recognized Wuhan province area of China and mentioning the area is not unusual. Uh, they still have, I, I, you know, viruses that are named after areas, et cetera, et cetera. Even Lyme disease, I think, is named after a, uh, an area in Connecticut. I don't know, West Nile. And what is it? The Marburg, Marburg or something in Germany. The stat name still exists. Anyway, and the media mob use the, the term Wuhan all the time. Anyway, but they identify on this on December 30th, virus pneumonia-like symptoms. January 7th, it gets the name Corona. January 31st, travel ban. Uh, quarantine. And how did the mob react? How did Democrats react? Well, I got Joe Biden's reaction to it. The same Joe Biden. And we will compare and contrast their handling of H1N1 versus the president's handling of this particular virus, coronavirus, H1N1, impacting younger people. This one tends to impact older people with compromised immune systems or underlying medical conditions, just older people. But when the president announced the travel ban and the quarantine, uh, Joe Biden said the following. Coronavirus emanated from China. A national emergency, Racist. you know, worldwide alerts. The American people need to have a president who they can trust what he says about it, that he is going to act rationally about it. In moments like this, this is where the credibility of president is most needed as he explains what we should and should not do. This is no time for Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, hysterical xenophobia to uh, and fear mongering. Oh, did I just did I, did I hear that right? Did he call it hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering? And Bernie Sanders at the Fox Town Hall last week, I never would have implemented a travel ban, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so the president puts in the travel ban in, in record time. He's called names. He's called xenophobic. He's called hysterical. What is it? It's paid off big time. That one act, Dr. Fauci confirming on Hannity the other night. Yeah, we can't even calculate how many thousands of Americans otherwise likely would have contracted that disease and if you use the math and percentages, that means Americans would have died. 
Uh, but does the president get credit from it? No, nothing. Not at all. Whatever. And the fact that you watch Europe and, and what's been exploding there. OK, well, yeah, the president now expanded Italy. Then it's uh, Iran. Now it's all of Europe, with the exception of the U.K. Uh, smart moves. And the president goes on and gives a speech last night. He can't even give a speech and give the the layout everything he's done. I, I challenge everybody. Tell me what you want this man to do. What is it now that he's not doing that you think he should be doing? Trump ban all travel Europe 30 days. Emergency actions providing financial relief. 8.3 billion already approved. Specifically targeting industries that are going to be impacted by this virus. You still have Johns Hopkins. You can go to their website just a few days ago saying the flu is a bigger threat to Americans than Corona is. But why let facts or truth or doctors or medicine or science? I thought we we Republicans and conservatives don't believe in science. Yeah, we do. Our banks and financial institutions are strong. They are. Take the take some matters into your own hands. Use Purell. Be careful. If you need if you can work from home, work from home, whatever people can do, that's fine. You know, but at the end of the day, there's never been this type of reaction. And I defy them to tell us anything that they want the president to do that he's not doing. You know, I watched this whole thing unfold last night and then you turn on the mob in the media and they're talking about the style of the president. And he didn't look comfortable behind the Oval Office chair. And I'm like, wow, did you listen to what he said? Do you care about the substance of what he's saying? Uh, just trashing him, trashing everything the president has done, because for them, it is so obviously political. And it, this this whole syndrome is real. They can't even rally as a country together to help in other Americans from from getting a virus for crying out loud. You know, it's a failure. They're calling the speech failure. What? The president's doing everything he can do to help Americans at a time when there's a, a health pandemic, which happens from time to time. New York Times. Well, as Hannity says they happen from time to time. Well, H1N1 was a pandemic. The swine flu was a pandemic. I mean, the amount of fear mongering and hype and just scaring the crap out of people. John Kasich hates Donald Trump. And I know it because we don't talk anymore because he wouldn't even take my call about Donald Trump before the election in 2016. Anyway, goes on fake news, CNN, and he said, yeah, the president did fine last night. Good. I'm glad to see him take charge. Not nearly got his head ripped off because of it. Um, and it goes on from there. Maxine Waters, Trump is a liar, needs to shut his mouth on coronavirus. Believe it, the congenital liar shift. It's always the same people that have always hated Trump. The same people that led the lying, the smearing, besmirching, the slander, the hoax, the conspiracy theories. They're all back. All the people on MSDNC, you know, state run conspiracy TV, television and fake news, CNN and the shifts of the world and the Maxine Waters of the world, you know, and oh, this speech had Stephen Miller's fingerprints all over it. I love the fact that uh, fake news Acosta is out there. Now, it can't get any better than this, you know, saying, well, the president's comments are xenophobic. And then somebody goes back and they actually discovered and they find, yeah, fake news Acosta you know, saying that the president's saying foreign virus versus xenophobia uh, because he calls it a Chinese coronavirus or somebody says the Wuhan province virus. And yet it was on his own Twitter timeline for crying out loud. Listen to this. Uh, the president referred to the coronavirus as a, quote, foreign virus. 
that that I think was interesting because as I was talking to sources earlier this evening, one of the points that the president wanted to make tonight, wanted to get across to Americans, is that this virus did not start here, uh, but that they're dealing with it. Now, why the president would uh, go as far as to describe it as a foreign virus, that is something we'll also be asking questions about. But it, it should be pointed out that Stephen Miller, uh, who is an immigration hardliner who advises the president, is uh, one of his top domestic policy advisors and speechwriters, right. uh, was a driving force in writing this speech. And I right. think it's going to smack, uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of uh, xenophobia, uh, right. to use that kind of term in this speech, Chris. Then why did he use it in his Twitter timeline? Oh, you know, why, why bother with truth or, or facts? Um, and it just is what it is. Look, you know, calling coronavirus a, a foreign virus smacks of xenophobia. What about all the other viruses over the years that have been given names based on location? I mean, that, that is how shallow this is how all gotten. This is who they are. They cannot stop themselves. And the interesting part of all of this, no president has done more, acted more quickly, dedicated more time, energy, resources to any one virus problem pandemic than this president. And what it is specifically they want him to do, they're not saying. They're just, they're not giving, well, he could have done it faster. Well, when he did do the original travel ban, he was called hysterical and xenophobic and accused of stigmatizing people. Uh, we'll get into all this. I'm going to get into this, how ahead of the game the president has been on China. It's now becoming clear in so many different ways. And I'll get to that in detail coming up and we'll compare it to H1N1. Uh, I suffer from insomnia, but I'm sleeping better than ever. In other words, I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. The antidote, all things MyPillow.com. Mike Lindell, creator of MyPillow. Not just the MyPillow itself. That's great. That is the single best thing I ever did in my life. Then you have all the uh, accompanying products. They're all incredible. The full body pillow, MyPillow mattress topper. Uh, they also have their Giza Dream Sheets from, made from the world's best cotton. The softest cotton, yet the most durable cotton. Now, the great thing is we've created the Sean Hannity Square. When you go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090, all sorts of deals there. Like, for example, if you buy one pair of Giza Dream Sheets, you'll get another for free. Also, deep discounts on other MyPillow products. But you got to go to the Sean Hannity Square when you go to MyPillow.com. What's the result? You'll get the sleep you've been craving and the sleep you desperately need and deserve. Keeping an eye on Chuck and Nancy and their minions. John Hannity. Long Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Now, if you care about hypocrisy and truth, and if you believe that things have comparisons, we do have comparisons. Think back, 2009 and 10. 60.8 million people worldwide contracted H1N1, known as better known as swine flu. Worldwide estimates over a half a million people died in the U.S. in a year from from April when it was first found till of 2009 till April of 2010. Again, a pandemic. 
this is Obama Biden or Obiden Obama, as Joe says, 12,469 deaths in a year. Uh, they did not take any steps to have any travel ban. They had a health secretary 11 days after funding it, call it an emergency, but it didn't officially become an emergency until October after the April revelation what it was by Obama himself. And by that point, a thousand Americans had died. And by that point, 20,000 Americans had contracted H1N1. And that appeared first in the U.S. April 2009. That took them six months. And if you look at the hundreds of thousands of Americans that were uh, impacted by this and hospitalized, hundreds of thousands. If you look at worldwide cases, uh, it was 700 million to 1.4 billion worldwide, 60.8 million in the U.S. alone. Hundreds of thousands hospitalized in a year, 12,469 dead. Do you remember anything at all similar to what we're now watching every night? Because the only thing I saw the media did, and we went back and looked, is praise Obama for what he did. And it is a stunning example of the breathtaking double standard and hypocrisy that is known as the media mob and the democratic radical socialists. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program you know, in reality, we would all just say, okay, this is a virus. We got to make sure, especially based on what we know, information, data, science, facts, that, okay, we really protect those people that have uh, compromised immune systems, people going through chemotherapy, for example, top of the, top of the list, uh, or people with immunodeficiency issues, top of the list, those with underlying other medical conditions. It seems that even people with high blood pressure, heart disease of any kind, they're at a much higher risk. Um, you would think we'd just say, okay, let's all hands on deck. Let's let's put this aside, separate apart politics. I wish I could tell you that that is what's happening, but it's never going to happen. If you have any doubt about it, just look at the media mob and the Democratic Party every day. Uh, and, and it's fast. It's a sick thing to watch in so many ways it really is, and it's unfortunate in so many ways, but I just accept it. I have to accept this is who they are. This is who they will always be. The mob and the media will never tell you the truth. Uh, we've been saying for since the get-go, we've got to protect every American, take it seriously. Uh, you, we, I, how many times have I been saying I want to cure cancer? I'd love to cure cancer. I think we're going to look back one day and look at the treatment of cancer and say, man, we were in the Stone Age. And thank God our medical researchers, scientists and doctors have, have found better ways to cure, treat uh, not only cancer, but every other disease. We've made so much in terms of advancements. Uh, I, I, look at the Hodgkin's leukemia treatments that are available. Look at the the heart advancements made. Look at Dick Cheney's life. He stayed one step, a, you know, technology and, and medical advancement one step ahead to keep that man alive. I watched it up close. I was interviewing him once when he had a temporary, you know, heart pump, pulls it out as a choke and beep, 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 beep. I'm like, okay, can you plug that back in, please? But that, but that is because of the, the incredible minds, the scientific minds of, that we have here. Well, you Republicans don't believe in science. Yeah, we believe in science. But you believe God created the heavens and the earth. Hannity, you say it often. I do. I believe God created the heavens and the earth. By the way, there's a great article about that today. Scientists have detected 
an exotic planet in another solar system. I'm, this is a true story. Reuters put it out. Uh, where the weather forecast is always dire. 100% chance of the most outrageous rain imaginable with droplets of scaldingly hot liquid iron. That's how incredible our science is. But what's even more incredible is the creator behind the molecules and the science that caused the Big Bang. How many times have I said to be an atheist, you actually have to believe that something can come from nothing? It can't. There's a God. There's a a Heavenly Father creator, um, a majesty beyond any of our, our comprehensions. And hopefully one day we will know more about it. Look, I wish we'd be all hands on deck. It's not going to be that way. The mob and the media, this is now the next 236 days. I accept the double standard for what it is. In the meantime, know that your president has done everything that you would ever want a president to do. Probably, you know, as the president even made in some of his comments, I will always put the well-being of the American people first. If we are vigilant, we will significantly impede the transmission of the virus. No nation is more prepared than us. True. You know, all in this together, let's put politics aside. That won't happen because we now see it's impossible for Democrats to do that. The president has instructed the Treasury Department to defer tax payments. He's called on Congress to provide Americans with payroll tax relief. Uh, We're at a critical uh, point in the fight against the virus. Uh, Made a a life-saving move with what he did in the three weeks. Never done before. He's smart enough to do it. Nobody thought he should do it. He was criticized for it. I just played Joe Biden. Hysterical. Hysteria. Xenophobic. Well, now we see this. it's expanded. First Italy, then Iran, then other countries. Now all of Europe for 30 days. And emergency actions to provide financial relief for businesses directly impacted, for workers directly impacted. He's working with our pharmaceutical companies, our medical scientists, our banks and financial institutions. Uh, and even the president said, yeah, we're going to take a temporary hit with the economy, but lives are more important. All the things that I would want to hear from a president, none of which happened H1N1. So it is what it is, but understand why this is what it is. It's it's everything, and I said this at the beginning of the year, no matter what happens, and this is going to be an emotional roller coaster for the whole country, you've got to understand it's through the prism of an election in 236 days. Democrats cannot run on anything that they have done to make you more safe or more secure. They cannot run on anything that they have done to make you more prosperous or that has created a single job for a single American. They have spent over three years now, just every second minute, hour of every 24-hour day, seven-day week, every month, every year, is try to bludgeon Trump and hate Trump and Russia, Russia, Trump, Ukraine, Ukraine, Trump. And impeach, impeach, impeach. Ironic, in the middle of the president acting, doing all of these things and being called xenophobic and hysterical and stigmatizing foreign countries, they were too busy impeaching him and going through the impeach and saying nothing about it. If you look at the numbers, and here's another problem they have. It's not like their candidate's strong. They know they've got a defective candidate. They know Joe Biden is weak. The guy can't even give a speech for longer than, you know, 15 minutes, it seems, without putting his foot in his mouth 400 times. You know, and it looks like Bernie Sanders isn't going anywhere either. You know, he, they're trying to cancel the debates now. But the debate, I guess, is now going to be moved from Phoenix to D.C. 
out of an abundance of caution that's going to take place on Sunday. And, you know, Bernie's saying, hey, I got questions. I want to be asking Joe. Hey, Joe, what are you going to do with 500,000 uh, people that go bankrupt in the country because of medically related debt, Joe? And what are you going to do for the working people of the country and small businesses who are paying on average 20% of their incomes to health care, Joe? What are you going to do to end the absurdity of the United States of America being the only major country on earth where health care is not a human right? Well, Joe actually admits that he's right there with Bernie as far as he can possibly go. I mean, they're really tight at the hip on most of these issues. Are you really going to veto a Medicare for all bill if passed in Congress, Joe? How are you going to respond to scientists that tell us we have seven or eight years remaining to transform our energy system? Well, he's on board with that, too. And if you look at the mini Super Tuesday numbers, uh, what was the big story in Michigan Tuesday night? It had nothing to do with the Democrats. It had Donald Trump had 639,144 people in Michigan turn out for what was a non-primary. By comparison, let's go to Obama, his reelection 2012. Only 174,000 Democrats showed up. You look at Missouri this past Tuesday, 301,599 Trump votes. Obama, go back, 2012, 64,435. Bush, 04, 117,000. Same story in Mississippi, 240,127 Trump. For Obama, 2012, 97,300. You get it? There's something spectacular. And Democrats know it. So you got a weakened Biden that, that you can't even put out there to talk because he's going to put his foot in his mouth, number one. And then he's got all the he's got a Ukraine investigation that's real. And then many questions about quid and pro and quo Joe, who, based on Democratic standards, if he ever got elected president, would be impeached the day he got in. And then it's zero experience Hunter. And then you got Ron Johnson investigating it here in the United States. And then you got the whole China issue and the actions of zero experience Hunter and all these other countries. And then you got Bernie saying, no, I'm not giving up. You don't deserve, you don't get this until you earn it. And all the Democrats in the world can hint that Bernie needs to go. He's not going. Um, and Bernie Sanders sounds like, you know, he's serious about staying in this and he's in it to the end, but it's all about politics. They can't win. They don't think they can beat Trump. And the only way that they, the only, I don't know why this phone is acting up. Can you please repeat what you said? I have no idea why I did that. Anyway, then you got Joe Biden kicking off his restored dignity tour with you're full of beep. You're full of beep, beep. And that's the, that is what is going on here. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing that Donald Trump has done that he will never get credit for. Two things, actually. Why do those of us, why are we as conservatives wanted a border wall? Now, if you listen to Democrats, we're racist. They want open borders. They want a free health care. They want a, a path to citizenship for people that didn't respect our laws and sovereignty. Okay, 90% of our heroin crosses that border. We have an opioid crisis. Now we have a fentanyl crisis on top of the opioid crisis, and it's killing 300 Americans on average per week. There's one reason. Another reason is there are people that do not have America's best interests at heart that want to cross that border, and they come here with the worst of intentions. We got to vet people. Why? Because we're racist and xenophobic. No, we don't care. I don't care where you come from, but we have to vet you for the safety of Americans first, meaning you don't have radical associations. Uh, if you want the, the opportunity to come here, show us that you're capable of, of financially being able to take care of yourself. Uh, 
And on the issue of uh, wellness, yeah, we want to make sure that you don't have any type of, of, of illness that you would pass on to the American people. Is that racist? No. Is that xenophobic? No. Is the issue of people crossing our borders illegally impacting this country greatly just on opioids alone? 90% of heroin crosses that border. We've confiscated enough fentanyl to kill the country every citizen five times over. I mean, that's what it is. The president, that, that's why you want to control the borders. I don't care where anybody comes from. What did the president push as part of his thing? He warned everybody about China. Manufacturing our goods overseas. China, uh, intellectual property theft. China, currency manipulation. China, over and over again. The president talked about that's how ahead of the curve this president has been. And he eventually got him to sign a two year, two hundred and twenty five billion dollar trade bill that helps our farmers, our manufacturers, our service industry, our energy sector, our car industry. Remember, he coined the phrase economic security is national security. The great piece that I read in the uh, conservative treehouse. It's a great reminder. Economic team, they were bringing in everybody and saying, hey, we want you to manufacture your goods here, those jobs that weren't coming back. And they started to because he got rid of burdensome regulation and lower taxes. But the CEOs were reluctant to, to, to do that. Manufacturing executives, Wall Street people, you know, screaming, you know, that, oh, this is going to collapse the economy. Consumer prices will skyrocket. No, they didn't. We end up doing pretty well on our own. And while we renegotiated trade deals, nobody thought we could do it. Japan, South Korea, Canada, Mexico, China, our Western European allies. You know, where was where was Schiff and Pelosi and Schumer and Nadler? What were they doing on January 31st when the president put the ban in place? Well, that's right. They were impeaching him. How could I forget? And they were calling him xenophobic and hysterical. There's a great piece on FoxNews.com about China. And, you know, the, China did the world no favor here at all. They tried to hide it. They were not forthcoming. And, it, and the world got hurt as a result of it. Now they're out there, foxnews.com, trying to bend over backwards and convince the world that we are the culprit behind corona. Now 4,600 lives around the world. Not like H1N1, but it, the number's going to go higher, unfortunately. They did nothing. They actually have published a book in English, French, Spanish, Russian, and Arabic touting uh, their handling of this disease. A battle against epidemic. China combating the corona in 2020. Glowing state media reports on President Xi and the Communist Party. And uh, no, that's all propaganda and lies. Who warned us about China? Currency manipulation. Unfair trade practices, intellectual property theft. Uh, that would be Donald Trump. Who warned us about closing the borders? That would be Donald Trump. Who, who, who acted decisively within three weeks? That would be Donald Trump. Chinese officials now are, they're mad. And by the way, uh, yeah, Jimmy Acosta, fake news Acosta, he used, it's in his Twitter handle. We found it, right, Linda? Wuhan coronavirus, didn't he say, call it Wuhan? And now he's saying it's racist. Frequently used by U.S. conservative commentators, stigmatizing the world's most populous country. No, it's it's ridiculous. And, you know, many in the media, by the way, and around the world were referring to this as the Wuhan virus. I have the tape. I just don't have enough time to play it now. And, you know, a, a Corona, it's not to be linked to a specific location. It's not fair. 
Mike Pompeo, by the way, the name change didn't stop Mike Pompeo. Uh, and he delivery referred to it as Wuhan virus. That's where it's from. That was after China's foreign ministry called it irresponsible to do. How about we just find a cure for the thing? How about we find a way to treat it? How about we save lives? How about you stop lying to us? And how about you be more forthcoming about what really happened? And why didn't you seek the world community's help? Why didn't you warn the world ahead of time? There's a burden of uh, responsibility here uh, on China's shoulders that this got so out of hand. But think about it. Donald Trump acted quicker. I, I remember thinking, that's pretty fast. And I watched people criticize him as usual. And I just watched. And now you have to say to yourself, well, what else do they want him to do? There'll be nothing he does right ever. Doesn't matter. No amount of money, no speech, no amount of travel ban, nothing. They can't say one good thing about this man. That is how sick it has gotten. That is why in 236 days, you, your verdict, you're the ultimate jury. What you decide will matter. It will greatly impact the future of this country, this great republic. And uh, I have confidence that the American people see through all of this for what it is. After consulting with our top government health professionals, I have decided to take several strong but necessary actions to protect the health and well-being of all Americans. To keep new cases from entering our shores, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. These restrictions will be adjusted subject to conditions on the ground. There will be exemptions for Americans who have undergone appropriate screenings, and these prohibitions will not only apply to the tremendous amount of trade and cargo, but various other things as we get approval. Anything coming from Europe to the United States is what we are discussing. These restrictions will also not apply to the United Kingdom. At the same time, we are monitoring the situation in China and the South Korea, and as their situation improves, we will reevaluate the restrictions and warnings that are currently in place for a possible early opening. Uh, we've taken some bold steps. We took the original boldest step of all when we closed very early with China. That helped us uh, save thousands of lives. And we went very early with Europe. And uh, I think that'll likewise be very good. And hopefully we can get it back together very quickly in terms of uh, reestablishing uh, with China. That's on track to something happen fairly quickly because they've made a lot of progress over the last uh, three or four weeks. And uh, certainly with Europe, we think we can go hopefully very quickly. They have some hot spots that are really bad, but uh, they'll get them better. Germany, I guess, has some problems now. Uh, France has some problems, some pretty big problems. And Italy, of course, is uh, probably record setting in terms of what they've gone through. Italy's having a very hard time. Uh, but we think we'll reestablish very quickly once this ends. And it's just a question of time. And I think it'll go pretty quickly uh, stay away from uh, people and wash your hands and do all of the things that we're supposed to be doing a little bit anyway, but it'll be, uh, it'll go very quickly. All right, that was from the president last night, 800-941. Sean, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza, announcing all travel from Europe, save the United Kingdom is suspended for the next 30 days beginning this Friday. That does not prohibit or prevent Americans from coming home. 
Uh, also, the president said if you are sick or not feeling well, say stay home. Uh, but the president is taking what is unprecedented action to provide uh, safety and relief for the American people. It is remarkable that it, it doesn't matter what this president does. It will never satisfy those that wake up every morning and, and just instinctively, compulsively have to hate this man. You know, if you look at this, and I think through the prism of history, we're going to look back at the president's decision, which it was criticized greatly, to put the travel ban in effect. Again, the timeline matters. December 30th, WHO, they recognize a virus with pneumonia-like symptoms in the Wuhan province area of China. Uh, We identify it. It gets a name, coronavirus, January 7th. Three weeks later, the president acts quickly, puts puts on the travel ban, the quarantine right thereafter and is called a xenophobe by Joe Biden, uh, stigmatizing people from another country. Fake news, CNN. He can't win for losing. Now, Dr. Fauci on my show the other night was very clear that one maneuver likely prevented thousands. We'll never be able to calculate it, but thousands of Americans from contracting the virus. He acted quickly and was criticized for it. Even to this day, Joe and, and Bernie are saying they would not have ever done that. Now, uh, the WHO has declared is the latest pandemic. And by the way, we've already established what the specific uh, features and markers are. They've been identified and which might help in treatment uh, probably, hopefully, sooner than later. Uh, we now know, for example, that the president moved quickly with the $8.3 billion aid package. We know that the president also put quarantines and travel bans in effect as it relates to Italy and Iran and now all of Europe. Uh, we also know that the president has stepped up specifically. Funding is being allocated for industries directly impacted uh, by this virus. That would be the airline industry, the cruise industry, other industries and hourly workers, regardless of what they do or where they work, their jobs will be protected and financial assistance offered if, in fact, they're living paycheck to paycheck, which, unfortunately, many people have to do. States are doing their job. Anyway, here for the medical side of this discussion, Dr. Mark Siegel, a professor of medicine, New York University School of Medicine, and a medical uh, director of uh, Dr. Radio at NYU and Sirius XM, Fox News contributor. Betsy McCoy is also with us, former lieutenant governor of New York uh, and the chairwoman of the Committee to Reduce Infection Deaths, uh, thank you both for being with us. Uh, Betsy, we have not spoken to you yet. I did cite your article on this program the other day. Uh, you pointed out this is not impacting young people uh, like H1N1 did. Very big distinction. It seems to be those with underlying conditions, older individuals with compromised immune systems that are most at risk. That's right. In fact, uh, the CDC announced new data uh, just two days ago that shows that uh, no one under 50 with coronavirus, no one under 50 with coronavirus has died in Japan, despite the large number of deaths there. And no one under 30 has died from coronavirus in South Korea, despite the large number of deaths. So it does appear at this time that our young people are safe, and that's a real blessing. But I, if I were going to give our listeners a couple of most important tips, Aside from washing your hands and avoiding touching your face, I would say this. Stay out of a hospital emergency room unless you have a real emergency because people who unknowingly carrying this virus 
seek help in the emergency room, you could end up sitting next to them, and then, of course, you are really exposed. So call your doctor, but don't go to the emergency room unless literally you're having a heart attack or you've broken your leg because you could come home with something much worse than you went in with. You know, I've been going over the statistics and the numbers as it relates to corona and swine flu. Now, we know swine flu, and you happen to be an expert, uh, Dr. Siegel, you know this better than I, but 2009 and 10, in the U.S., we had 60.8 million cases. Uh, worldwide deaths estimated as high as well over 500,000. In the U.S., we had, uh, in a one-year period from April to April of 2009 to 10, 12,469 deaths. Uh, we know that if you look worldwide, again, 60.8 million people were found to have swine flu and that was a respiratory disease in pigs and also affecting humans h1n1 that one tended to uh impact younger people more than older people i mean it's i mean that's why people spend their entire professional lives studying these things what can you tell us about how they handled it in 09 and 10 and how the media reacted versus today no travel warnings no 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 proper timing of warnings we had to play catch up 60 million people ended up getting it we had to hastily make a vaccine which luckily thank god actually worked and so we then went around you know vaccinating people we warned a lot of people kids in summer camps i, I was involved with making sure everybody got tamiflu to cut down the spread of this it was not a robust health response and you contrast that and again you know everybody nobody gives the president of the united states any credit but he acted as a great public health official in this sense and the moves he made and i'll tell you why we don't have a vaccine sean we don't have an effective antiviral treatment all we have as dr fauci is saying and as you've been saying and i've been saying is we've got to decrease the spread of this virus in order to decrease the risk that that target population that betsy was talking about doesn't get it a very old people with immunocompromised underlying health conditions the only way to keep them from getting it is to decrease the amount of spread so the first response cutting off or decreasing or restricting travel from China was huge. As early as it came, he acted right off the bat without even knowing hardly anything coming out of China. And now this latest move, this is very robust and very bold because, as the president pointed out last night, Europe did not put into place these restrictions. That's why Europe has all these cases. That's why there's over 14,000 cases in Italy, Spain, and France alone. So, and now our public health officials have tracked a lot of the cases here and have discovered they've come from Europe. Travel ban to Europe for 30 days is incredibly bold, unprecedented, like the quarantines, by the way, of people that came back to the United States from China, also very bold. All of these yes. measures saves lives. And you cannot fight an epidemic, or in this case, a pandemic, with political correctness. And I have to really applaud the president for ignoring the, the whining globalists who insist that we're all in this together. Yeah. Europe is the new China, and erecting these, tra these uh, travel barriers is the most important thing he can do. Well, I, I you know, I, and I think at, at this point, after the president has taken these unprecedented steps, he's taken unprecedented steps and thrown massive amounts of money to help those that are impacted by the disease, which, by the way, I am not against because that's what we always do. Uh, we saw the tornadoes touch down outside of Nashville. What do we do? The American people, you declare it a national emergency and you send the funds necessary so people begin the process of rebuilding their lives. Uh, we do that to any impacted area with a natural disaster. We did it after Katrina, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, and in this case, I, I, I can't think of one more thing that the president ought to be doing, should have done or would have done earlier to help prevent this. And but there is something that is missing here to my mind, and that is perspective. When you compare this to the flu, when you compare this to swine flu, and as Dr. Siegel just pointed out, Betsy McCoy, uh, they did nothing, but yet they got praised by the media. That's right. And let me tell you, Joe Biden took to the podium to present his plan and, of course, to criticize the president. But let's give everyone a little perspective here. We would not even be facing the shortages and stretched resources now if it weren't for the Obama-Biden administration, because the eight years they were in office, they consistently cut funding to state and local health departments while sending billions overseas to build lab capacity, hospital capacity in other parts of the globe. The CDC globalists spent all the money over there and gave short shrift to protecting Americans. These were the years that the opioid epidemic soared out of control, obesity soared out of control. Those were things the CDC could have been doing something about, but instead they were spending all the money overseas. And, of course, they also allowed us to become totally dependent on China for the raw materials in our pharmaceuticals and even medical supplies like masks. So Obama should take a look in the mirror before he starts criticizing the president because a lot of these problems occurred on his watch. And All right, got to take a break. Stay there, Dr. Siegel. I promise we will get to you when we get back. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, as we continue looking at the medical response to everything involving corona, Dr. Mark Siegel and uh, Betsy McCoy with us. Uh, we left off with you, Dr. Siegel. Is there anything else you see that the president can do? And, and how do you see this now playing out? We see the incidences now greatly reduced, you know, down to less than 40 a day, according to reports in China. Uh, we see now, uh, obviously, things have gotten out of control in Europe, but measures are finally being put in place. This president acted faster than anybody. I would argue the best move he made throughout all of this. Um, we can't stop pandemics uh, from happening, but we can manage them better. And I don't think we could have managed this any better. Your thoughts? First of all, I, I, I don't know why I think this, but I was deeply impressed by the president's speech last night, probably because I was about to go on your show afterwards, so I was watching it intently. But he not only did this bold move with Europe, but he showed a great humanity in how he described the people who are in trouble in quarantine or people that are sick and how he intends to make sure that they're still paid, that they don't have to pay taxes, that there's a continuity there, that they're taken care of. He showed a great amount of heart with that. And, and the second point I want to make is to, to echo something that Betsy has said uh, quite eloquently. You know, we, we are so dependent on China, and the president, since he was came into office has been making a point of that. So we're so we're now so we now have the energy independence that we didn't have before. So we're not waiting on lines at the gas stations this week. You know, we, we also are looking very hard at this issue of our supply lines and how ninety percent of our prescription drugs have ingredients from China. Our antibiotics, which we de we desperately need, ninety percent come from China. So this is a wake up call for all of that. All of those problems worsened under the Obama administration. And finally, Sean, the point about the emergency rooms is so true. We don't have the surge capacity we need. Our, our hospitals are overwhelmed. I'm hoping they don't get flooded with people that are afraid because we need them for people who are really sick. 
And, and I think, though, that to, to finally end on what your point is, we're already dealing with 350 to 500,000 hospitalizations a year from flu. That's a disease we can't overlook, and we can't assume this is going to be anything of that magnitude. Final word, Betsy McCoy. I do believe that the president's next step will be to address that very issue. He has the capacity uh, through his public service commission to dispatch emergency medical corps, doctors and nurses, to assist hospitals. Some hospitals could become overwhelmed, as Mark pointed out, with the number of flu cases plus the new coronavirus cases. And he has the capacity to provide the extra medical care needed in those places so that when people go into the hospital, they get the care they need. All right. Thank you both for being with us. When we come back, our friend Jeff Lord, uh, he was self-quarantined after apparently he might have uh, met this person that that contracted the coronavirus at CPAC. That's next. 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. And later, we'll check in with the Deep State update. They knew all along Steele was lying, and they still went forward. Straight ahead. Uh, 11 minutes in the Oval Office there. The president, um, with a um, sort of a strange affect, Uh, he doesn't have an easy time reading from the teleprompter. It's got to be stressful for anybody to give a speech in the Oval Office from a teleprompter like that. But still, uh, the president seeming to struggle a little bit simply to get the words out. So I think there's a lot of bluster in these travel bans. There so far hasn't been much public health results in these travel bans. But the president tonight should have focused on what he's doing in this country to protect the American people from this disease that is here already. We didn't hear much about that tonight. Chris? You know, the expression, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. When all you have is a wall, everything looks like an invasion. And that is the way that they have approached this from the beginning. It is profoundly worrying to me that the president is still talking about this in the way that he talks about the migrant caravan. It is a failure of leadership of the Trump administration. He is doing anything he can to move the conversation elsewhere, to get us to talk about something else, and not focus the fact that even tonight, even in that Oval Office address, all he can say about testing is, we're going to do more of it sometime, yeah. some number of people. We're, get, somehow, we're getting to it. We're getting yeah. there, right? That's that's job one. That's job number one. Though it also struck me to hear the president bluntly say, the, for the vast majority of Americans, the risk is very, very, very low. Assuring Americans that you're not going to get it. Meanwhile, what we're hearing from public health folks is, we should prepare yeah. that in epidemiological terms, it's quite likely you might get it. Right. Um, and that's the sort of thing that we need to plan for. And we need to be planning our capacity, our public health capacity as a country to deal with it. Uh, as the coronavirus plays out around the world, we're witnessing in real time how the quality of leadership in a country matters. It matters how transparent and frankly competent a government is in a time of crisis like this. Here in the U.S., the Trump administration has struggled to present a coherent and unified message about the coronavirus outbreak, careening from downplaying it with Trump tossing it off as a political hoax to just seemingly scrambling. Believe that it's real. Like, don't believe that it's a hoax, even if uh, an, an official, let's say, government tells you. Um, and we should note his favorite news channel has been it's echoing him. Trump has some other ideas, like doing a payroll tax cut through the end of the year, which, let's just be clear, would reduce the funding source for Social Security and Medicare. And, as if on cue, offering tax relief for impacted tourism-related industries like hotels, airlines, and cruise lines. Hotels, you say? What about this idea, and I don't really understand what it, how it relates to coronavirus, but it appears that Donald Trump would like to pursue federal aid to shale oil companies. Uh, shale companies <laughs> hit by the oil shock. 
and the coronavirus damage. Right. What does that have to do with I, I, what people are suffering right now? The people who are going to lose jobs and lose opportunities are like waitresses and people who work in small restaurants. Right. But it appears that Donald Trump's focus, as um, the leader of the, your, your Senate leader has said, are banks, shale oil companies, rich folks who are all lighted up at the tiller. The thing that struck me, and I think a lot of people, was this hotels idea that Donald Trump, let's just put up a list of the hotels that he has something to do with, whether he owns them or leases right. them out. And those are all over the world, all over the country, but all over the world. Since the outbreak started in Wuhan, China, the U.S. has started enforcing tougher travel restrictions in an effort to contain the Wuhan corona outbreak. Officials are struggling to contain the new Wuhan coronavirus outbreak. China's all-out effort to stop the Wuhan coronavirus from spreading. The death toll from the Wuhan coronavirus rising to 1,115 people worldwide with more than 45,000 confirmed cases. Talking there with our David Culver, who is at the epicenter of the Wuhan coronavirus. Evacuate Americans from the virus's epicenter in Wuhan, China. At least 66 new cases of the Wuhan coronavirus have been found on the Diamond Princess. The number of confirmed cases of Wuhan coronavirus in mainland China has now exceeded that of SARS. Wuhan, does that sound familiar? Because that was the epicenter of the outbreak. Welcome everyone. Both Japan and the U.S. reporting their first fatalities from the Wuhan coronavirus. In China, President Xi Jinping toured Wuhan, the epicenter of the original outbreak. This is before anyone had ever heard of the Wuhan coronavirus. A doctor who tried to raise the alarm about the Wuhan coronavirus is among the latest victims of the virus. Uncertainty returns as China reports more cases of the Wuhan coronavirus, a death toll topping 1,300. Often overlooked in the Wuhan coronavirus hysteria, this year, Wuhan coronavirus has killed hundreds. This year, Wuhan coronavirus has killed hundreds. All right, there you hear that. You know, there is your mob. There's your media. There's nothing Donald Trump can do. I mean, you know, you go back. Let's go to Joe Biden. I mean, you just can't beat this. This is, you know, Joe Biden is out there warning the world. Donald Trump does what nobody else has ever done. You want science? Donald Trump took the science of, let's see, putting in a travel ban and the science of quarantining people. And Joe Biden, what was he calling it? Hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering. Listen, coronavirus emanated from China. A national emergency, you know, worldwide alerts. The American people need to have a president who they can trust what he says about it, that he is going to act rationally about it. In moments like this, this is where the credibility of president is most needed, as he explains what we should and should not do. This is no time for Donald Trump's record of hysteria xenophobia hysterical xenophobia to uh and fear-mongering yeah how many thousands of americans likely did not contract corona because of the president's actions his xenophobic actions his hysterical reaction and 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 quid pro quo joe still if he could remember what day it is uh and he changes often throughout the day uh if quid pro quo joe we wouldn't have the travel ban we wouldn't have had any of these efforts. Okay, $8.3 billion. Now he expanded the travel ban as the virus spread elsewhere. It is unbelievable to me. And, you know, if you want to talk about taking a tougher stand with China, I think we all can now look in retrospect and say, you know what? 
Everything Donald Trump was saying about China, warning the world about China, turned out to be true because they did the world no favors as it relates to the Wuhan province coronavirus. And if you say, oh, somehow that's racist, it's not racist. You're going to say West Nile is racist or any of these other diseases, the area where it originates. And what are the Chinese doing? They're trying to protect their leader for life because it's a dictatorship. And by doing this, they're, they're spreading conspiracy theories. Now, the good news is, is that in spite of all the hysteria, all of the lying, all of the propaganda, I can't think of a single thing now that the president can do or or could have done earlier than what than when he did. Uh, Jeff Lord, by the way, was at CPAC and Jeff Lord was one of those apparently that came into contact with this one person at CPAC that had contracted coronavirus and he self quarantined. Uh, he's written an article about it. It's on Jeff Lord, the Jeffrey Lord.com, a trip to CPAC coronavirus versus Trump derangement syndrome. And he starts by saying what should be, if not self evident, there's only, there's not only ro- no room for panic over Corona, but there's also no need to panic about anything. Well, you're going to get killed for downplaying this. You ought to have more urgency. Uh, you know, listen, it doesn't matter. I actually had to put up in response to the idiotic imbeciles over at fake news, New York times, the ones that have been lying to us about Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine, you know, here's what crazy Hannity said in it. It literally in a moment where I'm looking at Twitter, somebody had sent me a tweet of some guy that works at MIT that apparently works with viruses. He had one of those checked marks. And I said, and I just hmm, might be revealed in the end to be a big deep state. And I just read his stupid tweet. I don't even, I don't know the guy. Ah, who knows? That's what I said. And it, that, that is how they defined my coverage. So I decided to put links on Hannity.com of all the times I said, take it seriously, take every virus seriously, do everything you can possibly do because they just lie. And this is like edited lying. And then apparently this guy might have, he might be t- t- tied to uh, to QAnon. I don't know anything about QAnon. Do you? Because I don't. No, no, I don't. All I know, Sean, is I have to wait until Sunday to uh, get out of my own uh, voluntary house arrest here. Uh, I'd sort of been making gradual changes, one of which will amuse you. I stopped going to the gym and swimming and started walking around the neighborhood. And so I would bring my phone. You are a risk to the entire neighborhood. <laughs> I would bring my phone and listen to Sean Hannity while I'm walking around oh my the neighborhood. <laughs> Man. So the neighborhood was getting to share the sound of your voice, which was uh, which is great. But I've stopped even doing that, and so you know, for two weeks, it was a week before uh, CPAC notified everybody, and I mean everybody that went that there was a problem, and that was on Saturday around five o'clock. Well, then the next night, I, on Sunday night, I got a phone call from CPAC. And apparently, working with this guy, and and you know exactly what it's like there. If you if you're out walking around in the area there, you're being stopped for handshakes and selfies every two steps, and that's what had happened to me. And so, in the doing of that, apparently, I had shaken hands with this guy or posed for a picture. I don't know, but somehow they knew that he had seen me personally shaking my hand, so they called me to tell me. And with well, that, you know just, what, by the way, the right and decent and good thing to do and and the way to handle it. But there's something else going on here that is much deeper and that is b- bigger in play. Now, 
I've been giving out all of these statistics and all these numbers as it relates to, oh, let's see, how did Obama, or I'll, I'll quote Joe, oh, biden Obama administration, <laughs> how did they deal with H1N1? Because right. when you look at the numbers of people, we're talking about 60.8 million people worldwide, uh, upwards of a, a half a million deaths worldwide, 12,469 uh, deaths in the United States. Uh, it first appeared in the U.S. in April of 2009. Uh, we know that there wasn't any urgency. There was never a travel ban. One health secretary declared an emergency 11 days later, but it was six months and 1,000 dead Americans later and 20,000 Americans contracting the disease before Obama declared it official, uh, officially as a national emergency. But short of that and the, and the monies that were put forward, nothing had been done in the meantime or in the interim. You heard Joe Biden talking about the president's travel ban as xenophobic, the way he said, in hysteria. And it's like, even though the president has now accounted for the economy and accounted for those industries that are impacted and those workers that are impacted and now extending travel bans, what else do they want him to do? Because if they have ideas, I'm all ears. Yeah, exactly right. And bringing in race to this, which is what they do all the time. I have a column coming out tomorrow. Uh, discussing this. Uh, and I checked on the World uh, Health Organization. They still have a website uh, or a page up about Lyme disease. Well, Lyme disease is named after Lyme, Connecticut, which according to the census records is 98% white. Does this mean they're anti-white by calling it Lyme disease? The Marburg virus disease, which came out of Marburg, Germany, also was listed just that way on the World Health Organization's uh, website. Does this mean that they hate Germans? I, I, I mean, this is just ridiculous. Into well, isn't West Nile because it comes from the West Nile area? Right, exactly. And this is, this is Nancy Pelosi saying that, saying that Kevin McCarthy is a racist for calling it the Marburg virus. And the one I love, Sean, is, is uh, Jim Acosta from CNN uh, was saying this last night. Uh, and then somebody did the research, and yep, there is no less than Jim Acosta with tweets earlier talking about the Mar the, the Wuhan virus. So I guess Jim Acosta uh, is xenophobic. Uh, you know, let me tell you, China did the world no favors here. Well, we got to be honest; they did the world no favors by being so secretive and hiding it and denying it and not allowing uh, outside help to come in when it was offered. And I know for a fact it was offered. Uh, the president referred to the coronavirus as a, quote, foreign virus. Uh, that, that, I think, was interesting because, as I was talking to sources earlier this evening, one of the points that the president wanted to make tonight, wanted to get across to Americans, is that this virus did not start here, uh, but that they're dealing with it. Now, why the president would uh, go as far as to describe it as a foreign virus, that is something we'll also be asking mm -hmm. questions about. But it, it should be pointed out that Stephen Miller, uh, who is a, an immigration hardliner who advises the president, is uh, one of his top domestic policy advisors and speechwriters, right. uh, was a driving force in writing this speech. And I right. think it's going to smack. Uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of uh, xenophobia, uh, right. to use that kind of term in this speech, Chris. Xenophobia. That's Jim uh, Acosta, New York Times failed best-selling author. Um, okay. Now you said you found tweets of this guy, and what did he call it? The Wuhan virus. Oh, so he's guilty of the very thing that is he's condemning. Does correct? Does he, correct. Has he erased the tweet yet? Right. Uh, no. 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 Uh, no I, not that I am aware of. No. I'll find right, it, Sean, Linda, and I'll send, send it to Linda you. Send a screenshot. Yeah. All right, Jeff Lord, we're glad you're okay. Uh, our prayers for you always and everybody else.
Uh, We have new evidence when we get back. We now know it's all out there that, in fact, everybody knew in January 2017, long before Mueller, that, in fact, there was no Russia collusion. Are they going to be held accountable? Solomon, Jarrett, next, and your calls next hour as we continue. Sean Hannity Show.